0: God has, been, God has been good to, to bless us, and, uh, and he preached on, on the availability of, of church, church members, Christians. I've heard Brother Willis say many times, God doesn't want your ability. He wants your availability. Uh, he can take nothing and make something out of it. Some of us have proven that. And, uh, and God is a, a God tonight. He knows what he's doing. He's got it all planned out. Even for Ashley, he had it all planned out, you know. And, and God, has blessed, God has blessed us so much with, with blessings. But uh, I thought, Brother uh, Charlie, if it's all right with you, I want to read a little something here tonight that I've got that uh, showed what availability could do. And I'm not trying to add to him this morning. I just want to put a PS on it. This is a true story, a true story. A sobbing little girl stood near a small church from which she had been turned away because it was too crowded, they said. I can't go to Sunday school, she sobbed to the pastor as he walked by. Seeing her shabby, unkempt appearance, the pastor guessed the reason and, taking her by the hand, took her inside and found a place for her in the Sunday school class. The child was so touched that she went to bed that night thinking of the children who have no place to worship Jesus. Some two years later, this child lay dead, in one of the poor tenement buildings, and the parents called for the kind-hearted pastor who had befriended their daughter to, and, and, and made the final funeral arrangements with her. As the poor little body was being moved, a warm and crumpled purse was found which seemed to have been rummaged from some of the trash dumps. Inside was found 57 cents, and a note scribbled in childish handwriting which read, This is to help build a little bigger church so more children can go to Sunday school. For two years, she had saved for this offering of love. When the pastor tearfully read the note, he knew instantly what he would do. Carrying this note and the cracked red pocketbook to the pulpit, he told the story of her unselfish love and devotion. He challenged his deacons to get busy and raise enough money for a larger building, but the story does not end there. A newspaper learned of the story and published it. It was read by a realtor who offered them a parcel of land worth thousands of dollars. When told that the church could only pay so much, he offered it for 57 cents in payment, in full. Church members made large subscriptions. Checks came from far and wide. Within five years, the little girl's gift had increased to $250,000, a huge sum for that time near the turn of the century. Her unselfish love, and that's the other century, her unselfish love had paid large dividends. When you're in the city of Philadelphia, look up Temple Baptist Church with a seating capacity of 3,300 and Temple University where hundreds of students are trained. Have a look, too, at the Good Samaritan Hospital and at a Sunday school building which houses hundreds of Sunday, schools, uh, Sunday scholars so that no child in the area will ever be left Outside at Sunday school time. In one of the rooms of this building may be seen the picture of the sweet little face of a girl whose 57 cents so sacrificially saved made such remarkable history. Alongside of it is a portrait of her kind pastor, Dr. Charles H. Conwell, author of the book Acres of Diamonds. This sounds like a story that somebody made up, but this is the truth. This is how Temple University was started. It was not from some great big uh, rich dude or rich people that had a lot to do, but it was from some child that wanted to give everything that she had, all that she had, to help other children. She was drying you tonight, but pray for me for a few minutes. So you never know, you might say tonight, I can't do much for the Lord. He don't need much, He just needs you. He'll take that and turn it into much. I felt uh, like through the week on another subject, and somehow or another, it just seemed like last night late as I lay in the bed thinking that the Lord just seemed to change me and put me in another direction here, so I I desire your prayers for a few minutes tonight. And this, after the sermon this morning, uh, I saw why the Lord changed me. Um, He knows the ending from the beginning. It's amazing how God works and the things that He knows how to do, but I want to talk to you tonight for just a few minutes, and I know we have to pray, so just give me a few minutes tonight. Uh, I want to talk to you on a subject that uh, is dear to my heart, Uh, I'm failing in it, Uh, you say well why don't you straighten up and do right, well why don't we all, but this is divine healing, On divine healing, and you may say that's crazy pastor or preacher or whatever, just used to pastor, that's crazy. But we do need that tonight. That is one of the promises in the Bible. That is one of the reasons Jesus died. He died and he provided for our healing before he provided for the salvation of our bodies. Now somebody ought to say amen. The healing was provided in the stripes that were placed on him before he went to Calvary's cross. Isaiah would say, with his stripes ye are healed. Simon Peter would come along centuries later and say, by his stripes, you were healed. The healing is done tonight. And I, and I can tell you now, this is, this is a subject that we shun away from a little bit sometimes because we feel like that we have such great doctors and nurses and, and techniques today that we really don't need that anymore. Let me tell you, they are good. I go to them, you probably go to them, and they are good. But there is another There is another way to be healed rather than going through that process. I had uh, my family doctor one time told me, sitting in his office, he said, I'm going to tell you, preacher, there is no healing in medicine. He said, I can't give you anything to heal your body. I can only give you something to give you relief from the pain or the suffering that you're going through. He said, it may prolong your life, but only, he said, only the supreme being can heal you. And the Bible says there is no healing in medicine. I'm not going there tonight, but I'm going to Matthew uh, for the first uh, reading here in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Esaias, or Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. When all of this took place, and I think I've got another verse of Scripture in Psalms, and I may be going too fast for, for uh, these guys back here. No, they better than I am. There's, a, there's a, a verse over in Psalms 103. I love this part in, in, in David's writing. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, all his benefits. Has anybody, anybody in here ever gone uh, to get a job somewhere or another? And one of the first things you wanted to know was, what are my benefits going to be? You like to know what you're going to get. Am I going to get this, that, or the other? You know, I think a lot of times about people. And my Lord, uh, Uh, I'm too old to be living in this dispensation. I'll just be honest with you, I am. I should have left here 20 years ago, Brother David, and got out of here, and it wouldn't be bothering me right now. I'd be somewhere else better. But anyway, I grew up in the age that if God called you to do something, you didn't ask any questions, you just did it. If you was asked to go somewhere to preach, you just went he uh, got up and went. I don't oh, know whether well, that's good English or not, but you got up and got there anyway. Like I was talking this morning, like Abraham and all these, they were available and they went. But, but, but we, had to, we had to do this, and, and the church, the church as a whole, stood in unity behind that pastor or that appointment. We, we came to church. And we began to sing the songs of Zion. We sang just over in the glory land. We sang when we all get to heaven. We sang I'll fly away. We sang he set me free. We sang I never shall forget the day. And we shouted our shoe heels off and praised God for it. And the power of God came down and moved mightily upon us. And crutches were nailed on the side of the walls in our churches, folks. Now come on, don't tighten up on me and sit there tonight like you don't know what I'm talking about. If you don't know, just listen to me, and I'm telling you the truth. We had crutches nailed on the side of the building down in the old church on the campground where people had gotten instantly healed of broken legs and broken hips and threw the crutches in two separate directions and ran off the platform, instantly healed, We saw tumors healed and cast away. We saw all of this. And today we come and we're prayed for and we say if I don't get healed tonight, I'll go to the doctor tomorrow. Well, bless God, there ain't no need of wasting my time praying for you if you're coming with that kind of spirit. Now, Lord, help me tonight. You may not ever want me up here again, but I'm going to tell it to you like it is. We are going to have to begin to put faith and the one that created us and the one that provided all these benefits. The next verse says, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth a few of your diseases. Huh? Bless the Lord. It does say that, don't it? Why do you know he could heal certain things? He can heal anything tonight. There is nothing too hard for my Lord to do. Nothing too hard. And I pray, oh, God, don't let me, Lord, don't let me do something, say something or whatever that I shouldn't say tonight. But but, but I feel like the church as a whole is lacking in this field. We had prayer lines prayer lines in our churches we had prayer lines in our state convention we had prayer lines in our general assembly we saw people healed instantly I've seen wheelchairs picked up and carried out over the heads you say that was way back in the olden days I told you I was born too late I saw all of that and I know it works I've been healed myself instantly. My daughter sitting back there had some kind of problem. I don't know what it was. She knows the crazy name for it. Whatever it was, her head was killing her day and night. Doctors couldn't do anything. She couldn't get any relief from it. Then one morning there, she was in such pain. She's my daughter. I love her. She's my flesh and my blood like we're the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord that loves us and I love her and I got Jean Gillette and I said let's go have a prayer. We caught her in the kitchen at the kitchen table. We laid our hands on her in that room. The Holy Ghost came down in that building in that home there that morning. She was instantly healed in a matter of minutes and hasn't been bothered since am I right or wrong? None at all. You say, Pastor, that stuff don't work anymore. That stuff does work some more. It will still work tonight when we put faith enough in him as our faith is, be it unto you. I say, God help Wayne Murphy tonight. Yes, I go to a doctor once in a while when I have to. But, uh, you know, I know I'm failing in this. I'm preaching to myself. So if you don't want to take it tonight, just take the shovel and push it back up here. I will take whatever you give me tonight. But he is is a God tonight that can do anything. He said that his will was, or the scripture says, one of the writers of the New Testament said, that we would prosper and be in health. Am I right? Prosper and be in health. You say, "Well, I'm sick tonight, and that's just punishment from uh, everything and all of this and, and all these things that's happened to me. That's my punishment tonight." No, I tell you what. Our punishment. Our punishment tonight is because that somebody sinned. Somebody sinned. Death, death, and sickness was brought on by the man falling in the garden. You had nothing to do with that. I had nothing to do with that. But by sin that came upon us you say well we're just going to have diseases here and yonder we wouldn't have had them if we hadn't sinned then and near today we're born in sin we're living in a sinful world we're susceptible to these things but i believe i've got a jesus tonight that knows how to heal i believe i have got a jesus tonight that knows how to heal you say, well, every once in a while, he's just going to let us go on. I don't see nowhere in the scripture he was called to heal anybody. He said, you two sick, your time to die, go on to glory. He didn't say that. He healed them, everyone. Over in Acts writing, did I give you that scripture? You got it. In Acts writing, he said, and I'm not going to turn there. You got it. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, "Of truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. No respect of persons. But in every nation that feareth him, you ring it, includes us, and worketh righteousness, is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, that word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism, which John preached. How God, I think I read this scripture a few Sunday nights ago. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went to the synagogue every Sunday, every Saturday morning, and had a little talk there, and met with everybody, and had a little something. Went back home and didn't see him no more than next Sunday, next Saturday. Who went about doing good and what? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. You say, you mean we got to have a devil in us to be sick, to get hit? No, I didn't say that. And that don't say that. We are oppressed because of the devil. He is the cause of this. He laughs when we suffer. He laughs when Mike suffers over here. He laughs because you've got to have surgery on your eyes. He laughs because of that, because we are here tonight by the grace of God, but we are also here to demonstrate the power of God when we can come together and avail ourselves enough to come together and have a prayer together that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man will avail much. Fervent prayer means red hot prayer. Fervent prayer means getting down to business with God. I believe the 120 in the upper room were in there in one accord in unity. I believe tonight with all of my heart that if we will gather around people tonight that are sick in their bodies right here in this local building, that the Lord will heal them. Amen. Two of you believe. The rest of you looking at me. I believe, I believe that he will do anything he said he would do. He said, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Now I've got a little, Would. it? All the things a little addition to add to that. Be careful who you confess your faults to. course, if you do it to some people, you might as well put it on CBS, ABC, and NBC and the whole news work. Uh-huh. That's one of our, you know, one problem leads to another, folks. Gossip is not one accord. Gossip doesn't bring one accord. You say you're hard on us tonight. Well, we just here, yeah, just us folks is here so we can take it. When we can, <laughs> oh, God hip Wayne. When, 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 when we get to the point that we can stop finding fault with each other. Little Bobby, you praying for me? Start if you're not needed. When we can get in that one accord, one mind, one accord, did not Jesus at one time put unbelievers out of the room before he got a healing completed? He put them out and he said, You just go out of the room, and leave. If you don't believe, leave. I felt that one Sunday night, and we was over in this other building. We was praying for this lady, and uh, she had a problem, and we get we got nowhere. And I finally looked up, and and I'm mean. I tell you that right now, brother Bob. I know you and and Sister Linda have been here a long, but I'm mean. I'm a mean pastor. I went to pastor Alta Vista, and this lady that just had a funeral last Sunday. She looked up at me when I got there that Sunday morning. I'd been there before, but she looked up at me. I really didn't know her that well, and she didn't know me that well. But she looked up at me, and she was an older lady, sweet lady. And she said, you my pastor? I said, yes, Sister Flossie, I'm your pastor. Well, I'm the meanest member you've got in this church. I said, well, I'm going to tell you something, Sister Flossie. I I'm the meanest pastor you ever had in this church. And we got along great. We got along just great. But I looked at the people over here that night and I said, if there's somebody in here, no, no offense, no reflection, but please, if you don't have enough faith to believe that this person is going to be healed, we're going to pray again. I said, uh, would you mind just stepping back a little ways and maybe go back to the back? And some did go back. Some left and went back to the back seat. But you know the next prayer I went through and the healing was completed. How many times? Oh, I've got so many notes. And I don't have time to get there. Unless you can run that clock back up there, Joy. How many times have we gone and gathered around somebody to pray for them and we thought, I don't believe they're going to get healed. I have. Now, you might not want to admit that, but I have done that. I've seen people and I've thought, you know, they're not going to get healed. Don't look at me like that. Some of you have done the same thing. Yeah, we've done it. Honest confession good for the soul. I'm still hanging on to that scripture tonight. Sometime we need to confess our faults. You see, Peter and John went up to the temple to pray. I've got to get through this in a hurry. They went up to the temple to pray. And there was a man laid there at the gate begging for alms. He wanted money. He wanted money. Peter looked at him and said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And we have jokingly said, and it's the truth, silver and gold have I none, sounds like Church of God preachers. But this, such as I have, give I thee, is not always rise up and walk. If we could tonight some way, somehow, feel so close to the Lord and say, Lord, I am available to you right now. I'm available to you to do what you want me to do. Have you ever felt an unction to do something or to say something to somebody or for somebody and you didn't do it? And you don't know what the results would have been if you had done it? I felt like the other morning I I was sitting waiting for Arlene somewhere or another and something just hit me hard and said write a note to so and so and give them some scriptures and tell them you're praying for them and you're thinking about them because this wife is going through a tremendous battle with her husband with dementia or Alzheimer's. And so I took my phone out and I did that And in about 60 seconds back comes a message that says, the Lord must be speaking to you. I needed that. Do we have time sometime when we get a prayer request, when Brother Charlie or Brother Randy or Brother Ken or somebody sends us a prayer request, do we have time to ever say, you know, Lord, I've got to take time here to have a prayer and I know sometimes you're working on public works and you can't but you can always breathe one he knows the heart but so many times we hang the phone up and that's the end of it there was a woman with an issue of blood and I'm going to try to close out here I'm not going to hold you to it there was a woman with an issue of blood you know the story Bible says she had spent all that she had she spent all of her earnings there was a girl this week, this past week in the United States worth 20 million dollars she took her own life let me tell you, money is not going to buy happiness, 20 Million dollars took her own life. I talked to a man a while back. And he was telling me about his friend. He said he is rich. He said he went to the finest doctors <clears throat> there was in the United States. And said one of them looked at him and said, There's nothing I can do for you. This man looked at him and he says, I can give you a million dollars if you can give me something or do something to prolong my life. The doctor says, I can't do it. I can't do it. There's only one person can prolong your life. Money is not going to do it. She spent everything that she had, but she heard there was a visitor coming to town. She heard somebody was coming to town. His fame had reached. Jesus was coming in. She said, If I can just touch him of his garment. One of the writers says him, one says his garment. <clears throat> if I can just touch his garment, I might be made whole, be. shall be made whole. Come on, folks. It's a difference in saying I might be and I will be. If I can just touch him, I will be made whole. She pressed her way through the crowd, broke, She didn't have Medicare. She didn't have Medicaid. She didn't have social services. She didn't have any money in her bank account. She didn't have a great big estate to back up on. She had nothing. She had spent it all in, what, 12 years or something? Spent all that she possibly had, she'd spent it all. She's as broke as anybody could be. But she had one thing in mind. She wanted to see Jesus if I can just touch the hem of his garment, oh, praise God. I I feel good tonight. I feel like tonight that we can get a hold of this Jesus tonight if we'll get out where he really is and talk to him and put some faith in him. Now, you see, the hem of his garment was down at the bottom. It was down on the ground Garments in those days were dragging the ground just about. I've often wondered who made Jesus' clothes. Wouldn't that have been great for a seamstress to say, I made that robe he's got on, I made that. But she pressed through the crowd, and she got down on her knees, no doubt, on the ground and touched the hem of his garment and was made whole instantly, instantly. He didn't say a word. Come on. He didn't say a word. He just turned around and said, who touched me? Disciple said, Master, what a question you're asking with all this crowd around you. But he said, I felt virtue go out of me. There's a difference in somebody touching him that's got faith and somebody just rubbing up against him. I say, God, help me tonight to have enough faith to touch him and believe that wholeness is going to be restored to my body and to my soul. He is real tonight. and He is here to heal. I want to do this a little different. I know you have prayer cards in your pockets. And if you'll uh, permit me to do so, we'll do it a little different. I want, if there's anybody in here tonight that really wants to be anointed, I'm not talking about your big toenail needs cutting. I'm, I'm talking about somebody that needs some anointing, and needs a touch. You can stand in for your wife. The early church used handkerchiefs. They used different methods of, of, of portraying or, or getting out the healing virtue of the Lord. We still do that too. But we still anoint with oil. So if you want to come up here, and stand up here, and, and we're going to anoint you and pray for you. We're going to have a concert prayer here, and then we'll have a prayer for our cards, uh, maybe together. Anybody else want to be prayed? Lisa, you want to pray for your eyes? Come up in with Jeff. Mike's coming up here. All right. Sister Linda's coming up here. Just so Stand right over here. Just turn around and face the congregation if you want to. Do you all believe in healing? You know it's real, don't you? If anybody anybody in here tonight now believes that these people will be healed, I want you to come up here and line up.